0: With that. Hello! <laughs> we're here, we're back, Present. we're present. <laughs> welcome you guys to Dark Alignment or welcome back if you are a returning listener slash viewer. There's a viewer quality to what we do here. Yes. We are, we're a visual podcast. Um, but this is episode 10. I cannot Double believe digits. it. Our baby is reaching its preteen, very awkward difficult years is what mm,
1: Yeah. <laughs> tween tween time. Tween time. Yeah.
0: Um so in case you are new, uh, we're a true crime astrology podcast. And I am Brittany. And I'm Amy. I'm also a Ruka Rose online mostly
1: everywhere look at you.
0: Mm-hmm. being consistent. I'm
1: so brand except in person.
0: I'm really only <laughs> one place and that place is Instagram and I am at Brit underscore Oakley. So you can follow us um, on our personal pages. And there's links below. There's links yes. below. You can get to know us. You can follow the podcast at Dark Alignment. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course here on YouTube. So yes. and you- expanding. We are expanding.
1: Platforms very, slowly. <laughs> very, very slowly.
0: Very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the slowly part. Um, but <laughs> we're trying, guys. We're trying. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for 2020, we will be expanding to mm-hmm. other platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can follow us, you can like us, you can subscribe. Mm-hmm. You can hit the bell. You can hit the bell, so you you hit the bell so you don't miss any of our fucking cool content. <laughs> um, the last time we were here, we were talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. Ooh. Super fucked up story. So if you missed that mm-hmm. one um prepare yourself for it and then go back and listen to it because that was quite the ride mm-hmm. we uh, also talked about uh jimmy kimmel recently we did so we, <laughs> we did our first rant video a while back and we've actually had a lot of really great feedback on that so thank mm-hmm. you guys and based on that feedback we will have more rants for you yeah we probably would have done
1: them done more either way i, I think we probably would have <laughs> kept making them either way <laughs>
0: yeah, <But> even <laughs> if nobody <laughs> wanted it we are going to bring we're, it we're to we're giving
1: you. it to you though <laughs>
0: <laughs> giving you the shit you didn't ask for. That's us here at Dark Alignment. Um, <laughs> yep. So, this is going to be our last podcast of 2019 because we are right before the new year. Yes. And, um, I would like to announce my podcast resolution that I will be starting on this episode, so I'm getting okay, a head start. Alright. Okay, my resolution. Resolution. I'm gonna be citing my sources for a change. That's a good idea. I started out <laughs> doing really good at it, That's and like then... a really good idea. I've and been then been I just, that... like, I fell by the wayside, mm-hmm. and I have not been giving proper credit, so this episode I'm crediting all my sources, wow. which is, I'm very proud of myself. People are gonna like that. People yes. are gonna not want to sue me for like using being able back to, in their research. If we were
1: really gonna go above and beyond, we would cite it in the description too. Oh, that's really far. I don't know if I, I can do that. As might be a little too much right now. That's too much. We'll yeah. work
0: our way there. Maybe in twenty twenty one. That's the next, <laughs> next following year's resolution. Do you have any podcast resolutions? Uh, um, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot.
1: I'm gonna try not to yawn. <laughs> when you're telling the story, that's a really
0: that I, me I feel better
1: about time I do it. I just get tired in general.
0: <laughs> hey, you know you're um, pregnant. It's not your it's, fault,
1: right? It's a lot of it is. I noticed it picked up way more <laughs> when I got pregnant. Um, but then I couldn't say it's because I was pregnant for a while either. So right, was like, that okay. was a hot secret for a little um, bit. Yeah, so. that's that's what I'm gonna try to do. I'm gonna try I to it. mask it as something else.
0: <laughs> Just make it look like a yeah, like a face.
1: I'm like, gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna. Well, it's not twenty. It's not twenty twenty yet. Yeah. So Today you're good. I, as long as I upload this tomorrow, we're
0: good. Oh yeah, it's our New Year's Eve. <laughs> so happy New Year, you guys. Happy New Year, or guys. whatever you celebrate. Is this different? Another. Chinese New Year's it's other places have different I don't know. New Year's different. Does anybody give a shit about? If you don't give a shit about New Year's, like let us know because that's interesting. <laughs> Hit us up and let us know about what you do because um, winter solstice is also considered like a new New Year
1: kind of oh. thing, and then like there's okay. lots of
0: different. Tell like, us how you celebrate the changing of the <laughs> passing of time. <laughs> um, okay. So episode ten, we are doing um, a story that. One day, I was just thinking, walking around my house, and I had, like, an epiphany, and I got chills Mm -hmm. all over my body, and I texted Amy, and I was like, I know what fucking episode we're doing. It just came to me. We are going to be covering the Columbine shootings. So, I know this is a really heavy story, which is why I've kind of done my research a little bit differently for this episode, to be really Mm -hmm. sensitive to this tragedy. (laughs) It's been 20 years since the event. Mm-hmm. Um, but still it it uh, it has affected a lot of people. It's affected an entire nation. It was one of those national tragedies where even people outside of the direct situation felt it. I know that I was in the seventh grade at the time mm-hmm. and the idea of a school shooting was like super scary crazy yeah yeah so I'm very sensitive to the fact that this is like, an impactful story. Mm-hmm. So I guess without further ado, we'll mm-hmm. fucking jump in. So yep. hardcore trigger warning, y'all. This is a very, very tragic story. Um, and for my citation <laughs> resolution, um, the credit goes to history.com and Wikipedia, please donate. I actually donated while I was doing this research. Wow. So please donate to Wikipedia. Look above and beyond. I
1: fucking Citing
0: I, and and <laughs> Donating. And, like, paying back, because I do get a lot of my research from Wikipedia, at least portions of it, mm-hmm. almost every time. I don't think I've done an episode mm-hmm. where I didn't take at least something from Wikipedia, yeah. whether it's dates, times, locations. Like, it,
1: it's a good way to, like, make sure you didn't miss anything. To, yeah. Yeah, get, like, yeah.
0: So, if you utilize Wikipedia at all, like, please donate, even just a few dollars. Like, it, it really does make a difference. So, Wikipedia... Fucking awesome, and also we have um section that I'd like to credit from I Survived. If you have never seen the oh, show, yeah. I Survived, like this is a oh. cool
1: thing that she did because like this yes. like whole compilation of notes mm-hmm. <laughs> like over this is not anything you can just like pull up and find right.
0: It was actually one of those things where I was looking for the whole story and I felt like I was just getting little pieces Mm -hmm. and fragments from all these different places. And then the episode of I Survived, there are two survivors of the Columbine shootings who each tell their personal account and it just adds um, a level of insight Mm -hmm. that I could not otherwise have and also just the emotional aspect of how... This changed so many people's lives in just a matter of minutes, and it, it's it's pretty crazy. So, I'm excited to bring some of that energy into the story today. So, let's fucking go. Okay. Um, overview of the story in general. So, Columbine High School is located in Littleton, Colorado. And for those of you who don't know the story, I feel like everybody does, but if you don't, um, there were two teenage boys who went on a shooting spree and then committed the act of suicide after so um, at the time, it was the worst high school shooting in U.S. history. It prompted a national debate about gun control and school safety and as well as major investigation to determine what motivated the two gunmen. Um, so the two gunmen, Eric Harris, he was 18 and Dylan Klebold was 17. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still one of the most infamous shootings in U.S. history and it just kind of like, there's a lot of interest around the two young men, who mm-hmm. they were and kind of how all of this escalated to them actually committing this horrific act. So one investigative journalist described Eric Harris, who was the older one, as quote, "the callously brutal mastermind, while Dylan Klebold was quoted as being a quivering depressive who journaled obsessively about love and attended the Columbine Prom three days before the shoot. I guessed right based on their charts then. <gasps> oh shit, really? <laughs> That's I was like awesome. this one
1: was the schemer and this one oh was Oh my the- <laughs> god, you
0: could like see that? Yeah, that
1: was what I, I was hoping
0: that you that I was right. Yes. I didn't double check. Because I was wondering <laughs> if that would show up differently like on their charts. Oh, yeah, but is. um it does go ahead. Teaser so for later. We're gonna go into kind of a little bit of history. There wasn't a lot of historical information on either mm. of the boys. Um there was a little bit more on Eric who is, like, the mastermind, supposedly. Um, mm-hmm. So he was born April 9th, 1981, which means he's an Aries. Aries. Uh, so fire, fire energy for sure. Um, his dad was in the Air Force. His mom was a homemaker, and they moved around a lot. So he mm-hmm. was, like, military brat until his dad retired, and then they settled down in Littleton in 1993. Mm-hmm. So they lived there for six years before the shooting. So yes. he had been established there, junior high, like middle school, like all that kind of like awkward Yeah, time. he lived his life there. Yeah. Right. Um, so from all accounts, he had a lot of friends at this time. He was on the soccer team. Um, during his freshman year, he met, a, he met a girl named Tiffany. Okay. And uh, she was in their German class, the, mm-hmm. like, language course that he had, and, uh, he took her to homecoming, and he, like, really had a lot of feelings for her. Um, but after the date, seemed like Tiffany was not interested in him anymore, which mm. did not sit well with him. And he actually, this was one of the first, um, times anybody recalled any, like, fucked-up behavior that okay. happened Once here. Once things didn't go his way, like. Yeah, so after she refused to go out with him again eric staged a fake suicide which oh, is like wow yeah super over the top like um, that he, fits and and he like went to the level of sprawling out on the ground with fake blood splashed all over him um she was actually like in front of her she was screaming for help and then eric and his friends started laughing and uh, this poor girl, poor Tiffany, like, stormed off and was like, you need to fucking get help. Like, you're a piece mm-hmm. of shit, basically. Yeah. Um, so that was the first, like, indication that that there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, Big indication. <laughs> and then over time, other people started noticing that his personality was changing and his behavior was changing. He was getting more irritable, angry, kind of reckless, um... He was less accepting of his peers, less involved in activities mm-hmm. that he used to enjoy. Um, so that reject him, like, got him pretty fucked up. But still, he was described as likable and charismatic. Mm-hmm. That was a... Yeah, I love that you're like, <laughs> <laughs> no, like this is making sense. <laughs> so, like, he was known uh-huh. as somebody who was kind of touchy-feely. He yeah. hugged his female classmates. Um, on, on one occasion, he even gave his favorite teacher a Christmas present. So he came off as, like, thoughtful... Um, mm. But he often bragged about his ability to deceive other people, so there's a level of deception going on there. He was yeah. known to be kind of ill-tempered. He got angry pretty quickly and would like kind of blow up. And then leading up to the shooting, people noticed that he was like angry with everyone and felt it like seemed like no one was quite up to his standards. Like like nobody was a good person in his eyes. Like everybody kind of mm-hmm. fell short. Everybody kind of sucked. His trust had reason. been broken. So yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So his worldview definitely uh, changed mm-hmm. there. So that's the basic background of Eric. So now we're gonna talk about Dylan, who is like kind of viewed as like more of the follower in the two of them. Like he was kind of going along with it. Uh, he was born September eleventh, nineteen eighty one. And what does that make him? September eleventh is that still Libra, he's a or is that's not September Scorpio 11th. yet? Yeah, he's Virgo. Oh, Virgo! Mm-hmm. I always forget Virgo, even though what I have a lot is? of Virgo in my chart. I always forget that Virgo, Virgo doesn't there.
1: need to be there.
0: <laughs> I always skip over it every time. It's just really unfair. It's kind of like a
1: weird <laughs> time of year too. It's like a. It's like almost the like. I don't know. It's like kind of summer, kind of fall. Not yeah. really either. I don't know.
0: Yeah like you just got back to school and shit it's terrible no (laughs) um so he was actually a colorado native so he lived there his whole life he grew up in a really religious family Uh, both of his parents were lutheran pacifists which is really interesting that he came from like a family that was like pretty zen Mm low-key like peacemaker type of uh upbringing And during his early years, uh, Dylan played t-ball, baseball, and soccer. He was in the Scubcats. Cub Scouts. Mm -hmm. That was weird. Cub Scouts. So he was, like, pretty fucking normal as far as kids go. Like, those are all pretty basic little boy things. He was (laughs) described by his peers as being painfully shy. really quiet reserved um Mm -hmm. another thing like kind of like a social awkwardness is that Dylan would often take several minutes to prepare himself for a conversation Mm -hmm. so even with the people close to him like he really had to think a lot about what he was going to say how he was going to say it like his method of delivery so there's a lot of like I don't even know if it's like a self consciousness or just having to prepare for those mm-hmm. social interactions. Like they did, yeah. he was not a social butterfly. He didn't have that charisma mm-hmm. effect like Eric did. So um, he would blush and like get really fidgety when somebody new talked to him, especially girls. Yeah, you know that can that can be interesting. That can be awkward. I've experienced that. Um, <laughs> so. A lot of social awkwardness, but he was also prone to having angry outbursts. Um, he had been in a few verbal altercations with teachers throughout mm-hmm. his lifetime. And um, with his boss, like, so, you know, those teenage jobs. And I even put the name of the pizza restaurant in here because I thought it was funny. His boss at Blackjack Pizza. So if you've <laughs> ever had Blackjack Pizza, let us know. Is it any good? What's, what's, the, what's it all about? I, <laughs> I don't I want pizza now.
1: You know, I should have eaten a meal before we started.
0: Um, I mean, I'm, I'm an advocate of snacks and food, so I'm going to have to say yes. Yeah. Yes to that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that's kind of all the information about Dylan. Again, not a whole lot um, of history as far as their personal lives. But now we're going to talk about how the two of them met, which I have titled The Perfect Storm. So, oh, yeah. They met in the seventh grade, which is a super pivotal time. Like when I think mm-hmm. back about seventh grade, like that was one of the most monumental years of school for me. Like mm-hmm. seventh grade and ninth grade, those were two like really pivotal years for me as far as like my friend groups and mm-hmm. and the people around me. So I have a seventh grade story I could tell later. <gasps> Maybe for the Patreon. <laughs> Se- we're going to tell some fucking awesome 7th grade yeah. stories. Oh, God.
1: We'll do a 7th grade story seventh video for grade Patreon to get on there. Write that down, please. Let's I will. 7th
0: sure. <laughs> grade stories. Okay. Um, so, they became pretty close um, over the next few years. And by the time they were juniors, they were described as inseparable, even though they had really opposite personalities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, A friend of theirs that was, like, really close to both of them said that they always sat alone together at lunch and kept to themselves. And then... drawing, Yeah. Yes. A rumor eventually started that the two of them were romantically involved, but there's never been anything to, like, corroborate that. Mm -hmm. Um, They they may not have even been aware... Be interesting. ...of the rumor. Yeah, that would be interesting. (laughs) I mean... So, it was believed that Eric was emotionally dependent on Dylan... Who was more liked by the broader student population because he Mm -hmm. was, you know, kind of quiet kid. Like, Mm -hmm. I always really loved the quiet kids. So which one was dependent? Eric. So Eric, the more charismatic, the older one
1: became emotionally dependent on on Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. Who
0: was was more more emotional of the two?
1: Better, yeah.
0: And also, people really liked him more Mm. because I mean, I always loved. Quiet kids. I don't know mm-hmm. what it was, but I just felt like as a non-quiet I kid. I know what you mean. I, I'm the opposite of the quiet kid, so it was like those were the people that I was like, let me, let me bring you into this. Oh my god! And it was just like a, it was like a mission for me. It was uh-huh. very weird. <laughs> I, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I always like wanted to befriend people who seemed to be like more on the outside too. Like I always wanted to like bring people into like a like a social type environment. It's like, I wanted to bridge, be a bridge for people into whatever social setting yeah. I was in. I don't know. It's always been, like, a weird calling of mine. That makes sense, though. I love quiet people.
1: Yeah, I feel like, well, the people that were always, like, really show-offy, really kind of, like, put me off anyway, so it, and then it was kind of like, well, the other people, unless it seemed authentic. Okay, yeah, this is. I'm a Scorpio. I don't this, want, I don't want fake people. This is that's uncontrollable. What it is.
0: <laughs> this is, this is at the core. I, this is. I just can't handle
1: the, the fake feeling. Got uh, it. But like, if they're just, if that's just who you are, and you're just <sighs> like being. Of like, <laughs> needing to express yourself, that's kind of yes.
0: different to me. Okay, that's me like, <laughs> Um.
1: Yeah. Uh, like I didn't like, I had an issue with Leos for a while because some Leos are like very fakey, show-offy, oh. uh, and Geminis can kind of do that too a little bit. Yeah. And then, but then other times, that's just like genuinely their they're light, like their mm-hmm. essence and like it can, it's like, it can ring really differently in different people.
0: That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that.
1: No, That's I, the astrology side of it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I love that. Keep Go ahead. Ahead. <laughs> So again, like Dylan was a little bit more... Uh, popular with other students, mm. like that. Even though he was socially awkward, like people kind of found it endearing and liked him. And then Dylan's mom, along with a lot of uh, psychological experts, agreed that Eric's rage and hatred for society kind of like intertwined with Dylan's poor self esteem yep. and a need for revenge. <laughs> so that caused them to kind of feed off of each mm. other and enter into what would eventually uh, become like, a very deep friendship. Like, I don't trust anybody but you. Right. You're my person that I, you know, the one person that's up to my standards in this world. Um, and there are a lot of differing reports. Uh, some say Harris and Klebold were very unpopular students and that they were targets of being of bullying. But other reports say they they weren't near the bottom of the social hierarchy and each of them had, like, a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like a conflicting yeah. report there. Um, but they, again, they were known to have total opposite personalities, and Eric was really outgoing, Dillett was quiet, and they were both really intelligent and kind of geeky and spent a lot of their time, like, playing computer games and video games. hmm Um, this is a fun, interesting thing. So, um, a little over a year before the shooting, in January of 1998, they were both arrested for oh. breaking into a van and stealing equipment. So, many people believe that that further, like, sealed their bond. Of, right. Like, when you do
1: something, like, like illegal with your friend, it's always, right. like, it changes the dynamic,
0: for sure. Now we're bad bitches. Now, um. like. <laughs> so, they thought they were bad bitches together, and then um, later that year, they started planning the massacre together. So that kind of set it all into motion, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing, like, they left behind a lot of journals and, like, writings that Mm -hmm. they'd done and home videos that were, like, foreshadowing the massacre and explaining their actions and what they Mm -hmm. hoped to achieve. And then in December of 1998, just four months before the shooting, the two made a Hitman for Hire video for a school project. Which is like super fun. So
1: fun of them. So
0: fun. Like they they cussed a lot in it, which who fucking cares? Um, they <laughs> but they yelled at the camera. They made violent statements. They acted out shooting and killing students in the hallways at Columbine in these videos that they made for a school project. So this was like major fucking red flags, mm-hmm. and nobody was really taking it very seriously. Nobody was nobody believed that these two young boys were like capable of actually doing any of these things. So they were both displaying these like. Themes of violence in their creative writing projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and on one of these, Eric's teacher said, quote, Yours is a unique approach, and your writing works in a gruesome way. Good details and mood setting. Oh. On his fucking grade oh. of paper. So <laughs> he got some, some hot kudos from his teacher about, like, his fucking creativity skills. And just, again, no one thought they were capable of this. So... Now we're going to go into the shooting. Again, trigger warning. Mm I'm going to kind of move back and forth in between, like, the Mm -hmm. overview of the story and then the survivor accounts, because the survivor accounts of this story are so fucking powerful. Yeah. I'm really curious to hear those. Yes. I'm really curious. So, kind of be ready. I cried so much in this episode. And I'd already seen this episode as I survived, so I was able to go back to it. And even, like, watching it the second time, I still was, like... Just as emotional. I had to pause it several times yeah. to like kind of have a good cry and just like feel all those feelings. <laughs> and I also think that translates into my telling of the story it does, is like yeah. I can, the empath in me, I can really feel um, those deep feelings. So the morning of the shooting, they arrived at school in separate cars and this was around 11 10 a.m.
1: Okay.
0: They walked into the school cafeteria first and they placed two duffel bags. Each containing a twenty-pound propane bomb that was set to explode at eleven seventeen. Next, they went back outside to their cars and waited for the bombs to go off. So when the bombs didn't go off as they mm-hmm. um, they had expected, uh, around <laughs> the oh wait okay they went for back to their backup plan. So the shooting spree was actually not their original plan. Yeah. Um. Then at eleven nineteen a.m so just you know a few minutes later they approached the school dressed in trench coats and started shooting students outside Ooh. and at this point they moved inside of the school where they shot several students in the library and this is where i'm going to go to who, i already have chills time to go to the survivor story because both of these students were in the library that day <sighs> okay so we're going to talk about craig and crystal And each of them shared their story. I'm going to start with Crystal. Mm -hmm. Um, her section of it isn't quite as heavy as Craig's. Yeah. Uh, his is really intense. So, Crystal remembers that there were teachers running down the hall and screaming that everyone should hide because there were students shooting. Um, she was under a desk in the library and she was like kind of towards the middle of the room. So, like, Mm -hmm. not on the outside. She was kind of like tucked away in the middle. Yeah. Um... She said that the two boys announced that everyone was about to die, and that's when they started detonating bombs in the library. So that was their first, like, big move in there. They had already shot a few students Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, One of the bombs actually exploded near Crystal, and uh, she said at that point, like, the fire alarms started going off. So this has me, like, I'm imagining, like, the flashes, and I'm imagining, like, the the loud fire alarms like you know what that sounds like Like how like how like scary and and loud and like the flashing of those and all the chaos so um she talks about like feeling the shrapnel hit her leg from those bombs exploding wow um so this is like complete chaos we're gonna jump over now to craig so as this was all going on craig was already in the library he was goofing off with his friends one second, and then he started hearing the pops from the shooting. And initially, he thought it was a senior prank. I mean, this is mm-hmm. April. This is, like, yeah. right before graduation. So, he thought it was a senior prank that somebody brought firecrackers to school was his exact thought.
1: Yeah, because it's not what you would... Especially then, you wouldn't think
0: it's not really in human nature to assume things are more complex than they are. Exactly. Yeah. You know, th- mm-hmm. we don't automatically think like, oh, well, I guess students are shooting us. And it's us like, all. The, like towards mm-hmm. the end of the year, like you're thinking senior yeah, break. Mm-hmm. That's all you've I would. Yeah. So um, everyone was really panicked, and two students were already dead at this point. So. Craig gets under, like, these table-type desks. I saw, like, pictures of what they looked like. Yeah. So it was, like, those long tables that, like, are a desk, too. So there's a divider underneath the table on each side. Yeah. Um. So they're getting underneath there, and he is under there with his two best friends, Matt and Isaiah, and that's when they realized what was going on and that they were in actual danger. And Craig says it, like, kind of took a minute for it to all sink in. Mm-hmm. But when Eric and Dylan entered the library, all of that, like, possibility of it being a prank just well, was yeah. shattered in like yep. an instant um so <laughs> they opened fire in there and craig said he was afraid for his life um they were going around shooting students in the head execution style and they seem to really be enjoying it so um craig recalls them saying that they would shoot anyone in a white cap next yeah and uh that's significant because it was intended to target the jocks because they wore oh. white baseball caps. And Craig was actually wearing one. So, um, who at that point he took his hat off and put it underneath his shirt. Yeah. So I can't even imagine like, like how just, scary that would be. Ooh, yeah, hearing hearing him say that that at that point he put it under his shirt because he was so scared. Um And the two of them were acting like they were in a fucking movie or something. He said it was really theatrical. It all seemed like a game. They were, Mm -hmm. like, jumping off the tables. And one of the things that really stuck out to me, I'm assuming that this was Eric who did this, Mm -hmm. but the, the two survivors, neither of them named which person did what. They kept saying... They right. and them as like the pronoun, and they never said like Eric did this, oh, Dylan did this. So that's kind of like left up to interpretation. But this huh. next part sounds more to me like Eric. I'm, I have no way of confirming mm-hmm. that, but one of them jumped off the table, said peekaboo, and shot a kid in the face wow. at that point. So they were like, yeah, is super fucked up. They're like having a party, and then um, the next his friend Isaiah was targeted. So his best friend that's right next to him mm-hmm. was targeted because he was African-American. And, of course, they used um, racial slurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you as, gotta sound
1: tough when you're... Yeah. Yep, yeah, performing a shooting.
0: And as Eric and Dylan approached him, Isaiah's last words were, I'm gonna see my mom. Whoa. Before he was shot in the head. So Matt was the next victim on the other side of Craig because he looked like a jock. Mm-hmm. So, his two best friends are literally shot dead right fucking next to him. hmm And, uh, at this point, he decided that his best defense would be to play dead. So, that's what he did. He sat quiet and still as he listened to his friend die. He talks about hearing his friend gurgling and just, like, knowing he couldn't move and, like, do anything wow. couldn't save him. So, just like, thinking about the trauma yeah. of this and being in fucking high school and, like, experiencing something this intense um and that all he could do at this point was pray so we're gonna kind of go back over to crystal for a minute so after let's see after like the shrapnel had hit her leg and everything and the shooting was going on um eric and dylan announced that they were going to get back at everyone who picked on them and that they had Mm -hmm. waited their whole lives for this moment one of them pulled out a knife and said that he had always wanted to stab someone to death Um, that they were, like, destroying all the computers and, like, rapid firing. They were, like, firing in the air and firing at walls and, like, trashing the library and, like, shooting people and jumping off tables. So it's just, like, total fucking chaos going on in there. Um, And that bullets were ricocheting off everything. The Mm. fire alarms are still going off. Like, this is just complete madness happening in there. I'm sure there were people screaming. There were people Mm -hmm. literally dying. Um, And they ran out of ammo. So, they left the library, and Crystal said it seemed like really evident that they were going to come back. Like it seemed like they mm-hmm. went to go get more, and then of course yeah. on their way out they destroyed more shit. They were like throwing stair, or throwing stairs, throwing chairs mm-hmm. on their way out, and that they had killed ten students at this point. Whoa! So, we're going to shift back over to Craig because once they left the library, um, Craig felt panicked, and he knew he needed to get the fuck out of there. So mm-hmm. he stood up. And he's looking around the library at, like, everything oh that's God. going on. And no one else was standing. Ooh, this part gives me chills. Like, the ima- imagining that and looking around. Can't imagine that. No one else was standing. And he's starting to get out of there. And he saw a fellow student who had been shot badly in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was asking him for help. So he fucking carried her out of the library. And he, like, yelled out to everybody, like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. And so everyone followed behind him, which is just, like... Yeah. Ah. yeah, His story is so you do powerful, need to get you guys. Out <laughs> his, this story is, like, his, his account of the story is incredible. So he carries this girl out of the library. Everybody's following behind him. They were trying to get out before Eric and Dylan could come back. Mm-hmm. They made their way outside, and they saw the cop cars everywhere. So to say they, like, went behind the cop cars, and, uh, of course, Eric and Dylan did come back to the library after reloading, and a shootout ensued between the boys and the police. And at this point, um, the two of them took their own lives at the same time. Okay. So they both died, I believe Mm -hmm. it's 12.08. Yeah, 12.08 p.m. So this whole ordeal, if you think about everything that just happened, this is like 30 minutes of total fucking chaos. Like, just thinking about, like, your whole world shattering in that amount of time. And it must have seemed like... Hours, yeah, like to be in that library and to be in that situation. Because the shooting
1: started at what time? Do you have a time? Um,
0: they started at eleven nineteen. Okay, because that was when the bombs didn't go off and they entered the school and just started like rapid firing. Mm-hmm. So, um, just crazy. Uh, after they took their own lives, like the students were all on the lawn taking care of each other. So they were trying to stop the bleeding of other students. Like people were taking off their shirts and using it as like a tourniquet and like mm-hmm. trying to. Help each other until help got there because it was just so fucking bad. And just when you think it couldn't get worse for Craig, it does because his sister Rachel is unaccounted for as students are evacuating the building. Oh, wow. An entire day went by before the family could confirm that his sister was killed. She was actually the first victim. Whoa. So Craig talks about how he carried around a lot of hatred for many years it took a long time to find forgiveness um but now he says that he is living his life to the fullest in rachel's honor so that day was fucking insane and those are the survivor accounts of the story so now we're going to kind of shift back into just like the how this was um investigated okay so we're looking at yeah Dylan and Eric chose their victims kind of randomly, like, o- overall. Mm-hmm. It, it was random, but also targeted. Like, they didn't pick out a list of names and seek out certain students. They mm-hmm. were like, let's fucking kill the jocks, because it's symbolic of yeah. all the jocks that made fun of us or whatever. It was more general than, like... Yes. Yeah. And originally, they wanted to kill hundreds of people. They just wanted to set off bombs and just fucking kill people. Like, it was a, it was more mm-hmm. about, like, doing revenge the whole... on the institution yes. than individual people. So... Um, that's pretty interesting about it. And there was speculation that they committed these killings because, I will never forget this, because they were members of the group of social outcasts outcasts Mm -hmm. called the Trenchcoat Mafia. (laughs) <laughs> which was uh, like part of goth culture, and I remember this. This is after like the whole '90s, like Satanic Panic yeah. bullshit. And I do remember, like, I went to school with kids that wore trench coats, and everybody was like mm-hmm. freaking out about those kids. Now yeah. saying they were part of the trench coat. Mafia. I was a little
1: young, but I remember it. I remember. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I forget you're younger than me. I was, really, yeah. I was like
1: 1999, like. Oh, uh, kindergarten! <laughs> oh shit! Okay, yeah. But I, I remember, I remember going to the like going places where teenagers were, mm-hmm. like um, like the roller skating rink and like wherever teen- you know, like the movie theater. Yeah, and I would see. I remember now. seeing it.
0: Yeah, but I don't
1: remember. I wasn't like. I didn't
0: care. <laughs> no, was like I had a friend who lived down the street from me who wore a trench coat all the time and he was super cool. Mm-hmm. We were, like we were friends from kindergarten to high school and like yeah. he was one of the people who wore a trench coat and like people would mm-hmm. say shit about it and mm-hmm. really pissed me off. But still, it was like this whole thing about like the goth culture. So like goth culture was kind of attacked, which is super fucking unfair. But um I just remember like being the age around yeah. the age of these kids, and it being like such a huge fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also speculated they carried out the shootings as retaliu- retaliation for being mm-hmm. bullied. And of course, violent video games and music were blamed for this. And this was like around. This was also the time that Eminem had just come out, and he, I mean, there's so much. But he talks a lot about going this. on at this time,
1: mm-hmm. like. It,
0: Like, the Marshall Mathers LP, it talks so much about, like, how he was definitely being blamed for a lot of it. He names Columbine in one of his songs. It's actually bleeped out. Um, Yeah, I remember you
1: saying that. I was telling you about
0: this. (laughs) Yeah, but it's actually, um, those lyrics are bleeped out because it was so sensitive to people. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was kind of just, like, making a statement of, like, it's not my fault. I make this music. He would say, like, is it because I rap this way? (laughs) Like, which always you know makes me happy but um that was like and that's not proven it, it it's kind of like a chicken and the egg situation where people with violent tendencies are more drawn to violent things and yeah. not necessarily that violent things cause violent tendencies in people it's one of those like mm-hmm. if, if you have those violent it's, tendencies you're probably going to be more likely to seek them out it doesn't yeah, mean you're going to act on same, any of it. right so uh, i get i get frustrated with that but through their journals, this was, like, a big thing. Investigators um, discovered they'd been planning to bomb the school for at least a fucking entire year. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, so that day, total death toll, 12 students and one teacher were killed. Um, tons of people were injured. Everybody was affected. And still to this day, it's the fourth deadliest shooting in mm-hmm. U.S. history. Mm. So after the crimes occurred, there were some arrests that were made. So Mark Maines is the man who sold a gun to Eric and bought him 100 rounds of ammunition the day before the shooting. Ooh. He was sentenced to six years in prison. And another man named Philip Durin, who introduced Eric and Dylan to Mark Maines, went to prison too. I'm not sure uh, how much time he served. Mm -hmm. But um, there were arrests made. Like, people were held accountable for contributing to this after the fact because, obviously, you know, the two gunmen were cowards and took their own lives, you know, when they knew that fucking shit was going down. So that is the heaviness of the Columbine shootings with some incredible survivor accounts that, like, Ooh, I'm proud of myself. I did not cry. Almost cried. I I made it through it. I hope you guys. Hi, She's gonna cry. Oh, She's gonna... I'm gonna feel it so deeply. <laughs> it's like I was there. It, that's that's how I feel every time I like go through one of these stories and like talk about the victims and like get into that place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to kind of speak from that place because again, when we cover these stories, like we totally understand how much it affects people. How much mm-hmm. this particular story. Even if you didn't live in Colorado, you could have lived in South Carolina. You could have lived in New York. Like, if you were a per, a person old enough to understand what this was at the time, mm-hmm. you remember it. You were affected by it. Even Even 20 years later. It has been 20 years since this happened, and it still impacts people. It still impacts the town of Littleton, Colorado. So, without further ado, we're going to chart this shit up. We're going to, we're doing synastry mm, We reading. have more than that. And we, we have, have. Okay,
1: so I'm going to go through Eric's natal chart. I'm okay. going to try to just quickly hit everything. Yeah. Um, Eric's natal chart, Dylan's natal chart, them together, and then their death
0: chart. Okay. Um,
1: cool. There's a lot happening. Oh, God. Okay. I'm ready okay. for it for chart stuff. I feel a little scattered with everything. (laughs) It's okay. But we're gonna, we're gonna go through lots of stuff. Okay. Uh, so even if I don't hit everything I could, you're still getting a lot.
0: You're getting so much good content, you (laughs) don't even know it yet, so. So naturally I wanted to start with Eric for some reason.
1: He's the older (laughs) one.
0: Yeah, and he is. And more... He just had
1: his birthday, like, when the shooting happened, too. Like, Oh, shit, that's yeah. right. He because was born on the 9th, like... and then the shooting was on the 20th, so, oh, wow. of April. Um, I didn't realize how freshly 18 he was. Yeah, he couldn't wait, you know, he wanted to turn, I guess, would he have been a senior? Yeah. Yes, he yeah. was a so senior. So he couldn't wait for the uh, Dylan's birthday, because then he would have been too late. They would have been or... out
0: of school by then. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and also, because yeah. Dylan had his September birthday and that's mm-hmm. one of those awkward times of year where it's like, do you start mm-hmm. your child in school when they're four or do you wait till they're like mm-hmm. fucking six? I don't know. It's weird. Um, he yeah. got to be 18, but... And you know what? If he had fucking survived, he would have been tried as an adult for this crime. Oh, yeah. I'm Actually, sure. I feel like they would have tried both, both of them as an adult. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> but, sure when those but laws But like, changed. it would
1: have been definitely at least yeah.
0: yeah. There, there's been a lot of changing in those laws and I don't know much about Colorado law since we live in Arkansas. Um, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, he, (laughs) I mean, Eric would have definitely been tried as an adult for these crimes.
1: So, born April 9th, 1981, uh, Wichita, Kansas, Oh, some places have his birth, um, entered as Plattsburgh, New York.
0: Um, he did come from a military family, so that, that could probably be why there's it's, some discrepancy. Well, it says
1: that, okay, this is what I found. This is, like, a whole thing. So, okay. <laughs> um, birth at 9.37 p.m., Wichita, Kansas, uh, blah, blah, blah. The birth was originally entered as Plattsburgh, NY, um, New York. <laughs> yeah. All internet searches on Harris tell of his birth in Wichita, Kansas. There are source notes, blah, blah, blah. Let me go get through this, like, bit of sources that I can't pronounce. And yeah, then, no.
0: We, if we can't pronounce um, it, we're not going to I mean, it's just it.
1: boring. Okay. So then, <laughs> um,
0: That's the exception to my resolution. If I can't actually pronounce what I'm fucking so, quoting from, then I'm not going to try.
1: <laughs> During it, yeah, some of the, whatever. <laughs> uh, <gasps> when he was arrested prior at age 16, um, they listed his birthplace as Wichita, Kansas, also, um, I guess he had filled out uh, application with the Marine Corps. Corps. Oh uh, wow! what
0: Following and in he footsteps. filled it out
1: as Wichita, Kansas, as birthplace. Okay, so that's
0: why why we're going with Wichita. We're Kansas. trusting the legal documents. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there.
1: <laughs> so if you if you pull if you if you Google it and you see the New York place, um, it, it's not probably right. Somebody fucked it up. But it is, like, way easier to just find New York and be like, cool, okay, whatever, and not, like, look into it any further.
0: <laughs> Good um, job doing
1: your homework. I'm proud of you. I am glad i glad I decided to look it up sooner <laughs> this time. Okay, so that makes him an Aries. His son is in the fifth house. Um, his moon is in Cancer in the eighth house. Oh, that's interesting. uh uh-huh, I know. <laughs> and then his ascendant is in Scorpio.
0: Oh, whoa. Um, the gang's make, all here. That might be
1: why I wanted to do his
0: chart first, alone. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I feel like if I, even though I had no idea about any of those except his sun sign, I still would have wanted to do his first. Just kind of, yeah. he's the more dominant Aries naturally goes first, you know. Yeah.
1: Um, oh my god! And, and also, you know, Cancer, his moves in Cancer in the 8th house, which is the house of Scorpio. Of course. Um, of
0: course! <laughs> so,
1: he has some major conjunctions on his sun sign. Um, his sun is conjunct Venus and Mars. It's Square Ceres and Trine to Retrograde and Trine Vesta. But with that, like, Venus and Mars conjunction, it makes him even more, like, passionate. Like, intense. About everything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that sounds
1: really um, intense
0: to me. Yeah, it is. And Aries
1: <laughs> is already kind of intense. Right. Uh, and, you know, Mars is the ruler of Aries. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of energy, like, mm-hmm. right there. Very fiery. Um, very passionate and caring um, and it can also come off as very fun loving and like mm-hmm. charming like when you have Venus like a Venus conjunction like that like people are drawn to it like they think it's nice a lot of times um, he also has his north node in Leo so I mean he's really kind of um, and his son is in the house of Leo it's the fifth house so he's really sort of this expressive like fun loving type of okay natural state like he sense. like the friends having a lot of friends around him let me go to the page I was actually writing on um and this like abundance mindset like makes sense is mm-hmm. like his like where he wants to express his energy where he it, like I don't know kind of like the core of his energy uh, but then this when you very
0: theatrical to it, me
1: there's a, yeah like there's a lot of good energy here but yeah. it's like conflicting with his moon a lot in cancer in the eighth house and his mm. vertex is conjunct that as well um so he's really like forced to look at his emotions In um he can't it's like it's kind of like you can't escape your emotions it's kind of like when you're depressed and you just feel like like there's no way out or something like it's kind of like that all the time for him whether wow. it's a good emotion or a bad so it's like He's so stuck in that... Can- and Cancer is also very moody. Mm-hmm. Like, Cancer Moon is, like... Yeah. Um, it can be a good place for the moon, but also it's, like, there's a depth there that people might not like see right away with again water
0: signs with how like, like really... fun
1: and exuberant he could be yeah. and then also like he's got all of this like
0: it's intense yeah. i feel like all the water signs are really intense <laughs> mm-hmm. and like they feel really intense.
1: he might have come off a little bit like the like emotional because of that like water scorpio mm-hmm. um rising sign uh, but that also may have come off as like Mar- you know Scorpio is also ruled by Mars and Pluto Mars too so that's like more Mars energy on top of mm. all his other Mars energy and kind of maybe even more sexual too like maybe getting the ladies or I don't know um uh, maybe bombing I not know might have been attracted to him faking his um, suicide <laughs>
0: um what
1: yeah like maybe like a magnetic kind of thing yeah um yeah but people might have picked up a little bit on like the emotional depth but like can- a lot of people are surprised by Cancer moons because it's like their sun sign and their rising might come off so different and make them mm. seem, like, so, like, easygoing or so whatever. Like, they can hide their emotions a little easier because it's, like, um, it's it's only in their internal self. Like, it's only, yeah. like, it's really lot depthier than it comes off a lot of times. So that
0: plays say. into, like, the deception he talked about. Like, I can deceive people. Because mm-hmm. he's got cause I can so much it.
1: else going on. There's some internal shit.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely got
1: the internal shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> internal. Like a lot of times so when I pants. when I talk to people, when I pull up their
1: charts and they have like a Moon in Cancer, I'm like, Oh, you're a lot more emotional than you than like people think. And, okay. they're, and they're always like, Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, Can't and they're, relate. They're kind of like scared a little. They get like a little scared. Like, oh, I didn't. I'm so uh, <laughs> emotion, and I. Uh. <laughs> you know, it's it. We are air moons. It's Different. Yeah, that's, We're, very that's true. <laughs> different. Um. So anyway. his moon is um you know inescapable his is it's very intense like it's a lot okay it's also squared by um some really interesting placements it's got (laughs) jupiter um retrograde square saturn retrograde square that's a lot of stress on your moon actually i think they both Hmm. have Saturn switched their moon, or is that something else? I, was like, I looked at so many charts for them. Oh my god. <laughs> no, it's not the same. But yeah, because that like, that you looked at
0: four charts in total for them. No, more, or than, more that. than
1: that. Because, because uh, I looked at each natal, and then I looked at their theirs together, and then I looked at each of their deaths on their charts. So it's five.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Wow. That's intense. Okay. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, he's got. Um, Those two squares, which can be a lot of stress, like, a ton of stress on the moon, like, a ton of stress emotionally, like, a lot of, um, like, if anything triggers his emotions to go bad, which it did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Clearly. Like, he is so set up for failure. Like, um, Mm -hmm. his, you know, he's got, it's gonna feel like the world is just not on his side in any way. Like, there's, it's, like, it's, the, it's that total opposite of his son and, like, exuberant thing going on. It's, like, um, all the all of a sudden, like, everything must hate him. There's no option for growth. There's, um, mm. like, the structure of everything, that Saturn, the structure and the discipline of the world is also beating down on him uh, emotionally. <laughs> and it's, wow, it's really, heavy. His, his past reminds him a lot of, like, this, um, Kind of, what am I looking like, uh, societal issues, because he's got the south node in Aquarius, so he's kind of thinking, like, oh. in terms of that, too. That ties into it a little bit. Okay. Um, but then the scheming part is, like, even more interesting to me, because uh, he's got squares to his Mercury and Pholus, which are conjunct each other also in Aries, so that makes them very... Uh, Kind of aggressive. Okay. (laughs) Also, like, Mercury is your mind. It's your thoughts. It's your your plan. It's how you uh, think through things. And so there is conflict when thinking through his emotions and planning things. Uh, It kind of makes him scheme on its own. And then to make it even worse, Pholus is there. Wherever Pholus is on your chart, it's going to exaggerate that part of your chart for better or for worse. Um, So he has this, like... Overreacting, scheming, like really strong in his chart. Hmm. Um, and that ties into like so, it's aspecting like most of his other placements. Like it's tied in to his, it's like it becomes a coping mechanism for him um, because his emotions are so much and then he can't get away from them. And then it's like that's, that feels like an outlet, I think, to him. Um, and yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay. It's it makes sense when you look at all of this to for him to see, for him to see like my ear keeps popping. Oh and no! It, it makes my voice sound different like
0: back and forth okay i'm deaf on one side which most people probably don't know that i'm actually almost completely deaf on my Mm -hmm. right side i keep forgetting that um so i have a lot of weird like ear stuff that goes on i totally get it that's my regular life and has been since i was like 11 so (laughs) i'm you know i'm used to it Mm. it's it's a good time so (laughs) getting good at reading lips
1: (laughs) i don't i should probably not spend any more time on his chart but i will put notes that I took up to this Oh, day. Just yes. because there's so much that I can't cover in a timely manner.
0: Right. Um, this was a really heavy one where I felt like we could probably talk oh about the story, probably, we could talk about their mm-hmm. charts for probably, like, fucking three I know. hours. Like,
1: <laughs> There'd yeah. be so much, like, there's so much in this. Um, let's see. His Neptune is in retrograde that can cause, like, make you more prone to, like, delusions and, like, a wishy-washy perception mm-hmm. of the world, like, your worldview. Um, also, like, not, you have an issue, kind of issues with, like, uh, your intuition, maybe, or, like, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that, kind of. Okay. Um, and then. So that's Eric. His, yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to, I'm just scanning to see if there's anything Make else. Make sure it's nothing else. <laughs> um. Oh, I want to talk about their mid heavens because it's, like, kind of uh, like they're what they're known for. It's, like, their tenth house cusp it's the 10th house cusp it's like i don't think i've heard of this uh it's it's called the midheaven and it Mm -hmm. shows what they are known for um oh that's interesting and i I, I know i've mentioned it in other podcasts too but like i don't know know if i explained it as much i just may not picked up
0: on that i swear
1: his is in virgo so that naturally makes him known as more of like a calculating Mm -hmm. meticulous right meticulous person but really the way he schemes is much more fiery like, as opposed to, like, Ed Gein <laughs> with his Virgo. We did, a, I did an episode on him, too, so check Ed it out. Ed Gein,
0: I believe, it is, he's um, episode
1: eight, and he's a, he's holy a, shit. Yeah, he's a Virgo, and his scheming is so much more, like... It's tactical. His was, like, so very... It, but, but Eric's is more, like... Okay. Fiery kinda like yeah. youthful like warrior feeling. Um, oh rather that's than that's a great description. Yeah, ra- Ares Aries warrior. Aries is always like mm.
0: Yeah. Versus Ed Gein <laughs> who was very much like this is the order I have to do this in and this is how mm-hmm. I need to do this and I need to pick every piece apart and every little piece has mm-hmm. a place like it was very like yeah. very organized. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem to have a lot of that emotion, which I think he was a Taurus, which blows my fucking mind. It's like but, yeah, it's just very very different.
1: He has that yeah, he has an Aries stellium and he's obviously known for like being an aggressor already, but like he's also known as the schemer partly because of that midheaven and Hmm. Um, uh, Virgo, but I he, I honestly think he also was in general a schemer with that like Mercury and Pholus situation. Okay, um, and his North Node being in in Leo really pushes him to express all of this that's yeah. going on. Um, so he's with his vertex and his North Node. I mean, he it was kind of just like I don't know, like he like there wasn't it d- it probably didn't feel like there was another path for him to take. Wow. Um, being in yeah. his head probably didn't feel like there was another option. Clearly but, this
0: seemed like the only
1: mm-hmm. way out And I could see him. why he, yeah. he probably would have been good in, like, the Marines, like, generally. I, I, he probably would have hmm. had issues with the structure like a, of it, Like, an authority, The probably. authority like would have been an issue been for
0: sure. Um, yeah.
1: But, but the, like, active, like, um thoughtful like planning and like and executing yeah, and like, like the... mo- that would have been good but i don't think it would have been like a perfect fit
0: <laughs> um, he was really intended to go to war maybe he would have been great in vietnam i don't know uh, you know terrible
1: yeah he would have been better at the war part yeah. than the actual training like active or listening duty. to anyone mm-hmm. part Okay, so then Dylan. I got Dylan's chart now. Oh, so Dylan. Dylan is September 11th, which is interesting to know. Oh my
0: gosh, I didn't even think about the <laughs> caveat to uh-huh. September 11th. Holy yep. shit, that didn't stick out to me at all.
1: 1981. Okay. Uh, and he was also born at 9:11 a.m. Are you serious?
0: <laughs> no. What the heck?
1: Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah. Um, and that makes him a Virgo. His son is in the 11th house. Uh, <laughs> Virgo's not the ninth sign, unfortunately. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Anyway, so he's, um, son and Virgo, he has a conjunction as well on his son, which is Ceres, and that, that's automatically going to make him come off a little more nurturing and yeah. a little more, um, Vir- Virgo's also generally kind of nurturing, like, they want to take, they want to serve, they want to feel mm-hmm. like they're taking, they're needed, they want to feel like they're taking care of things, um... Like, productive and they can be tedious, but it's also, it also is, like, a caring, more caring kind of placement. Um, a little bit more intuitive, uh, like, earthly intuitive, uh, a little calmer, definitely calmer than, like, an Aries, uh, yeah. <laughs> energy, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then his moon is in Aquarius in the fourth house. Um, okay. having a fourth house moon is also gonna make him more, like, kind of calm, homey, like, wanting to... Not, it's not that exuberant, like, I've said exuberant a bunch of times, but, like, mm-hmm. a Leo-Aries, like, get-yourself-out-there energy, like, Eric okay. had. Uh, it's a little
0: more reserved. He's definitely more reserved. Okay. which, that's um, what everybody said about him, so that mm-hmm. totally makes sense.
1: Yeah, and his moon also has some issues. It's square, uh, Chiron and his vertex, so he, that also shows that, like, where he was pushed in life, like, it kind of, he had more reservations, maybe a little bit more reservations about mm-hmm. it. Um, but he, there's, I mean, plenty that obviously he, he, that was not enough right. <laughs> to, um, keep him from doing what he, what happened here. They obviously <sighs> kind of needed each other. To make this happen. I
0: can't wait for the um, sinistry chart because that was mm-hmm. like my whole thought don't of this whole like, thing with their opposite personalities. Like mm-hmm. it's almost like they fit together like a puzzle piece to make yeah. like this the and Barbie
1: killers. They fit like oh, just, my God. just perfectly. That's episode six, yeah. also,
0: if you want to hear about mm-hmm. um Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. Mm-hmm. That's a fucked up Canada story. I, I think so. that and the
1: Gypsy Rose are probably my favorite sinistry readings so far. Oh yeah. Uh, but the, this one's really good too, so I don't know. Okay, so then <laughs> we have um, let's see a lot of let's see hit the important things. Also, That's,
0: I'm proud of myself for knowing what episode things are. I'm yeah, just, I was just, just gonna say too. like I I don't know how I knew that, but I did. So <laughs> his
1: and then his ascendant. You want to know the rising? His rising is in Libra, uh, and that okay. also makes him more like come off pleasantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, people. Like, maybe people thought he was, like, nice-looking or sweet-looking or, like... I actually don't know
0: what the boys look like. I I, I might have looked up a picture. I I did not look at their pictures Um, than I normally do,
1: and I did not. The kind of, like, balancing energy, like, kind of trying to recognize people for, um, like, who they are um, as well as himself and recognizing that people are different and balancing and blah, 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 blah. Um, That kind of thing is really a Libra thing, so he's... Got actually a huge stellium in Libra. Um, they have a ton of similar placements because they're only born, like, five months apart. So, like, a lot of those generational yeah. planets didn't make it that far uh, around. So, there's already, like, a really, like, strong foundation for anyone who's close to you in age. Like, close to your birthday. Right. Um. So, anyway. um, He has this really, like, caring essence but then it's like there's just this cloud over him like
0: oh uh, like he's got Neptune sad.
1: squares and he's got like and that's you know a more of like that um kind of ethereal conflict and like intuitive issues uh mm-hmm. worldview issues like and that's really like um keeping him from feeling like he can be his full self and then he could have gone like in a healing kind of route i think if maybe if he had not committed suicide um because he has a, some pla- some good placements to chiron but then also the chiron is very heavy as well like if he mm. if he had lived longer and been able to pull himself out he really could have been like I could, I could maybe see him as like helpful to so other
0: people. Basically, like he's someone who could have been rehabilitated. I think had he um, lived, faced his faced what he had done, served. I mean, he would have served a life sentence. Let's be honest, but yeah. maybe he could have like done counseling in prison or could right. Have like I feel to like he kids at risk. Or, he would have been able to connect yeah. with others and like probably. I feel like
1: he had more of a potential for like being helpful in some mm-hmm. way. Where Eric, I feel like he probably would have been someone that people had to manage the rest of his life. <laughs> or, like, really, yeah. like, he needed to be taken care of, and he needed stability to feel like he, um, like, like, balanced. Like, like okay. anything that would, like, any kind of emotional challenge in his life would have thrown him off.
0: He probably would have a like, real fucking problem in prison. He might have been... He probably would have been, like, a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Uh. Like, if... <laughs>
1: Like, not to, like, presume, but, like, if you were going to put, like, psychological kind of, like, things on this. Like, mm-hmm. like his tra- Dylan's chart looks more, like, depressive, and then um, Eric's looks more, like, manic. Yeah. 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 In some way. Like, maybe borderline or whatever. Like, right. there's endless things so you could look into, but um, his is definitely... Dylan's is definitely more, like, um, upset. His Chiron is square as moon, like I said, too, and he can't escape his Chiron with his Vertex conjunct as Chiron in retrograde. It's more of a reflective inner trauma. Mm. Um, and then Eric's, it's like, a, he's probably more, um, I think Eric's probably more like brooding and then he, Dylan is more... Um, I need another word for reflective.
0: <laughs> I mean, it just seems like, again, like this yeah. huge internal conflict. Mm-hmm. Like, he's dealing with something inside of himself yeah. that he can't express. Whereas, like, um, Eric was very mm-hmm. outward, very expressive, and that maybe he, like, kind of turns it mm-hmm. inward. Which
1: I can relate does. to that.
0: Like, I, I express and he outwardly needs a and a push.
1: But yeah. He, like, he needs to either get angry or have mm-hmm. someone else to do that with to, like, push him to be expressive because he does have his uh north node in Leo conjunct Mars. I have mine conjunct Mars, but his being in Leo makes it expressive okay. when he does get triggered, um, in that like fiery place. And there
0: were a few mm-hmm. st- accounts he that needed I that fire yeah. from
1: Eric, like literally, um, and with, with Eric's fire stellium, like, yeah. he uh really needed that fire to like.
0: Make something active to like escalate it. Yeah, to to escalate it. it, Yeah. Well, and also another thing that just made me think of this Mm -hmm. is where like because Dylan had some of that nurturing, a lot of Mm -hmm. nurturing aspects in his heart, and that's what he was needed—the emotional crutch for Eric. Mm -hmm. And so it's like it is like the two of them. Like (laughs) Eric was kind of his (laughs) outer voice, and he was kind of like Mm -hmm. Dylan was kind of his like inner nurturer they, to... like
1: this little yin and yang thing. God, yeah. It,
0: it is really fascinating. And then
1: if like sad. literally if you look at their charts, um, you know, Eric has the Aries stellium and then uh Dylan has this Libra stellium and that is the identity and the shadow of the chart. They're opposite. Wow. And they both yeah. have Venus oppositions. Um I'll just go ahead and, and I was like we're chemistry. already moving into symmetry, um, so I, let's go. They also <laughs> both have very interesting Lilith placements, which I think I can talk about in the depth heart here in a second. Okay. Um, so yeah, they literally, like, if you put their charts on top of each other, it kind of looks like a balancing a little bit of energy because uh, they both have this Aries, the self, the identity, the, like, ah, the initiation kind of feeling and then Dylan has this more, like, looking towards others, like, trying to see his reflection in others and trying Mm. to balance and and blah, 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 like, be pleasant and, uh, (laughs) It sounds like that probably plays into like the social. But also, the shadow is also like what you reject in yourself. Uh So it's it's like this whole thing where they really are um, bounce each other out. Um, Wow! And then I could see with the with the Venus opposition, like some hints at maybe, like, a romantic or maybe just really caring for each other. Well, it sounds Um, like he
0: was just, like, a romantic mm -hmm. type of guy anyway. Like, he had just gone to the prom, like, and he Uh wrote really deeply And Eric was heartbroken, and he was very, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's really interesting to think Mm -hmm. about. I would love to read those, like, journal entries and just see, like, who Dylan was by himself versus, like, his writings with Eric and kind Mm -hmm. of how it's, like, two identities almost. Yeah
1: like interesting. he definitely oh it's so interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> um there is some possible passion there because they've got um because on eric's side there is that mars conjunct venus and mm-hmm. so wherever whatever is affecting his venus is also affecting his mars so it could have i don't know there could be a little bit more like fiery oomph in that situation maybe not it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to tell um looking at it so quickly but yeah <laughs> Um, and I don't want I wouldn't want to say anything even if I did think that they were in a relationship. Like, it's, it's not my place right. to say that, so,
0: um. And, and it, it's something that, like, nobody can prove. And, right. I think it was probably just speculation that they mm-hmm. just had a really close They're definitely friendship. extremely close. Either yeah. Either way.
1: That's kind of like that opposites attract balancing each other. Right. Situation. Um. They have the same Chiron placement, except, like I said, Dylan's is in retrograde, so his is more introspective and, like, uh, less, like, brooding, oh my god, I can't, what am I gonna do with this, the trauma um, situation. Yeah. (laughs) And then they have the same bolus, but again, Dylan's is in retrograde, so uh, his is, like, a little more laid back than um, Eric's. Eric's is very intense with his placement. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're both gonna... Exaggerate in like a warrior type of way, if that makes sense. Um, it's so crazy. Dylan's is just more that. relaxed, yeah. yeah, like more introspective. Um, okay. they have several conjunctions, <laughs> of course. Let me actually pull up the sinistry so I'm looking at it. Um, can't, can't have Dylan's on top of Dylan's. I need, okay, there we go.
0: Dylan, get off of Dylan. <laughs> Um
1: <laughs> so stupid. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Uh oh yeah. They've got like Pluto conjunct, um, Saturn okay. conjunct, Neptune conjunct. Wow. Um oh, everything. Like, because there's the slow moving things are still gonna be in the same place. Um North Nodes, so they're heading the same similar life path. Um Chirons, Pholus. uh Uh, really close uh, Lilith and I'm probably missing Juno I'm probably missing more but the point point is there is a lot but they still bounce each other out like Eric is literally his top three things like fire water water Um, Dylan is earth air air (laughs) wow (laughs) Um, uh. And they, I mean, they definitely care about each other. I think yeah. that's, that's probably the most I can get there. And then
0: we'll do the death chart. Oh, the death chart. <laughs> it's just crazy because I feel like, uh, it. I, I don't know how this could have gone differently or if it could have gone differently. And if mm-hmm. that's, you know, like, I feel like each of them on their own, like, this couldn't have happened. Right. So, like, they had to have each other. Exactly. Which is, again, like, the synastry reading why I was so interested to hear it because mm-hmm. it's like... How does this how does one affect the other to make something like this fucking possible cuz it's yeah. horrific. I definitely don't think Dylan could have done this by himself mm-hmm. at all. No. And I Eric, I don't know. He's one that like maybe depending on he how He would be more likely, but he also <sighs> He probably would have like done something later in his life I think on his something own, maybe something else like a domestic violence not situation right. or I don't know. Yeah. I could just I think see this it.
1: is a yeah. Um, I mean, Dylan's Mars way. was is also conjunct Eric's North Node, so that gave him a little bit more like firepower, even though he mm-hmm. had a ton of it. Um, and then wow. Eric's Chiron is is square like. Um, let's see, Dylan's Moon. I, I, I'm already losing track of myself here. I've got a different got chart a pulled up in my notes. Going on, um, and it it just like exaggerate. It it's like is comforting and nurturing, but it also really like adds conflict to eric's trauma wow. <laughs> at the same time like they really push each other towards this it's this so is crazy they, has, they also have the same vertex like house placement so it's both in the eighth house which is like death transformation intensity mm-hmm. um so they get that they kind of get the feeling of like well we're both being like thrown into like this area of life like wow son quincunx each other's son so there's like um, kind of like a resistance type of feeling almost, but then so much care for Joe. It's really interesting. Like <laughs> they're blocking each other's lights, if that makes sense. Like they oh. can't be like, they're most like, um, like they're, I guess I, for lack of a better word, like they're nicer.
0: Selves. okay my like, interpretation yeah. of this is that they brought out the fucking worst yes. in each other like you know like they're both like the devil on each other's shoulders in a way yeah. like I mean
1: I had I had friends that it was like when we yeah. got together it was like oh we do like we we're, we
0: might do something illegal later <laughs> um we're totally sneaking out tonight like I had I, like I had some people really friends. just bring that
1: out and you more than other people it's kind of like I actually
0: that. in the fourth grade had my mom and a teacher come together and tell me I could no longer, um, spend time with one friend that I had. Um. Had similar things. And, and I was never allowed to be friends with her again, and then we were enemies, like, the rest of our days. Wow. And, and I'm talking mortal enemies. I'm talking, like, she started rumors about me that were super fucked up, and, like, it was, some of that, like, mean girls kind of shit, like, it was, but we were best friends, and then we were, I guess, my teacher That were energy concerned. had to do
1: something It's just like very extreme. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I was confronted by both my mother and a teacher, and it was like an intervention of like this friend is bad for you. At, when I was like eight or nine, so it was very early that people were like, "Mine, you can't oh, hang I out had, with her." I, I had a series of people. Okay, <laughs> good stuff. Uh,
1: not anything that intense, but I had a series of people. <laughs> okay,
0: super intense.
1: Um. So on their death charts, here we go. So uh, at the time of their death, uh, Leo was on the horizon. Um, that is about expression. Mm. Again, expression, they making were, things public, making putting things out there. That's uh, a fire sign, doing something this. about it, active, like dramatic. Um, they were living in it. Like were Right before that, movie. it was in cancer. So like as the shooting started, it would have been in cancer, and it's like... Um, Really, like, feeling their emotions and, like, really kind of, like, in a cathartic kind of feeling to that. (laughs) Um, So, you know, and then the sun would have been in Taurus, um, like, just starting Taurus that day. Hmm. Like, just, it had just moved into Taurus. Um, So, they'd really been amped up from all that that Aries energy, uh, and then it just moved into Taurus, making things, like, (laughs) material
0: It yeah, actually isn't it um, April twentieth, isn't that day one of Taurus or like day two? That's indeed.
1: like I Yeah, it, it it can vary like slightly, but yeah, yeah this, I mean, that's the, like right. The sun, on, was, okay. the sun was still at the in the zero degree of Taurus. Wow. So okay. right, it just happened. Um That's crazy. And then uh what's really interesting is the moon was in Cancer, like exactly conjunct um Eric's moon. So on Eric's chart, in the eighth house, which is, again, about death and transformation and Scorpio and intensity and blah, 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 blah. um, You have his moon living there with his vertex, which is struggling for him. And the moon had come right there the day of the shooting as well. um, Right on top of there. So that when you have a lunar return, it intensifies your emotions even more. (laughs) Um, sometimes it can be for good, sometimes it can be bad, it kind of, really depends on what else is going on, but, like, um, he has a lot of stress on his moon already, so he's, you know, lots of problems there. Um, it's also where his vertex is, uh, so he, feel, he felt, like, he probably really couldn't escape it that day, it was, like, something he was really living in. Um, and the, yeah, the rising in Leo was, um, let's see... Yeah, so it was it was in Cancer and Leo, Cancer during when the shooting started, which is also his eighth house. So it's like more focus on it. Um, whenever th- something is coming up on the horizon, like transitly, it kind of just like makes you face that in your chart, and it's something that happens. You know, it cha- it goes all the way around the circle every day. So it's kind of like it'd be really hard to do like a personalized reading, like in my transits. I never did like that specific because it would be like changing by the minute you know you know wow okay. um, so like you could look at like super okay well at, if you had an event at a certain time you could say like well on the horizon is this is happening so you're gonna be like facing this is mm. if that makes sense um that's super interesting yeah, it, yeah that's part of part of how that would work Ooh. um in his first house what he was also would be would be facing um lilith came in uh to his first house so that is empowerment uh, and that also is involved with his moon and his vertex and his scheming and things like that. He also had um, Lilith and inner intervening, interplaying, and whatever. Um, Chiron was in his first house. He was thinking about his traumas and how to empower himself. Ugh, and Uranus God. was there, uh, really making it like really stirring things up. Like Uranus is kind <laughs> of like a spontaneous, really kind of um, like lightning electric kind of energy um he was like high on his own
0: trauma and trauma and right. action on it um not definitely um was in the mm-hmm. forefront like from the survivor accounts mm-hmm. because none of that information was just available in researching right the actual shooting i'm sure but just like the details of how they were behaving mm-hmm. at the time they were clearly like living their oh, fucking they were best crazy, life during that. crazy they weren't yeah. timid about it like no they wanted um, it to be he like, had
1: pluto there mm-hmm. as well and juno and his vertex and the vertex that was on the horizon was there too so it's like pushing him to express it it's pushing him to stay committed to his plan it's pushing him (laughs) to do this pluto transformative thing (laughs) that that, uh like pluto goes through your houses and like just like kills anything that's not serving you and like makes you transform that in your life at that point so like if you have it in your first house he is really focusing on like this like death change like i have to do something to like Change my situation and my identity and how I feel and oh my god so
0: (laughs) he had a lot going on and then Dylan uh, on their death time I'm like super interested in Dylan's because of just kind of oh
1: Eric also had Vesta conjunct the North Node they both would have had Vesta conjunct their North Nodes Um, that makes them really devoted to what they were about to do Mm okay so it was (laughs) quite a fucking production that's Um, for sure for Dylan um in his eighth house uh Venus was transiting, so he was more pat- like he cared a lot about the what they were doing. Um oh, and so, so he was probably try. even caring a lot about Eric during this time and caring about everything like uh caring being upset about his traumas and like um I, and all of that was uh trying making it working really well with everything that was going through his first house at the time, which was a lot more things. Um, he had Mars in retrograde conjunct his Juno, so that's, like, he really cares, and he's really motivated to stick to this plan, like, whatever plans he has <sighs> at the time, or ah. anyone who's com- he's committed to. It's really, Juno is, like, marriage and commitment, so um, his wow. Juno is getting triggered as well as Eric's, um, and then they have, he has Pholus, Rx going through, um, conjuncting his Venus and Pluto. And like I said, again, follis exaggerates and makes you really, like, act on, <laughs> um, like, exaggerates whatever is going on in that spot of your chart. So, again, that Pluto energy of, like, transforming your identity and making everything, like, like, like different at any cost, it's kind very of. Very grandiose it's, type it, it, of... It's... The whole thing extreme wise, yeah. that's always an extreme placement, <laughs> oh, um, wow. on your chart, and so with Venus there too, he really cared again, it was very, like, a lot of care with this, and it's like, <sighs> and Venus can be a bitch, I know I've said that before, like, if Venus yeah. feels wronged, he's got a lot of Venus going on for him, mm-hmm. uh, during their death and shooting time, um, it's like... Venus was ready for revenge, and yeah. everything else really made that possible. Oh, God. And that's that all I think I have that I will talk about that's this
0: episode. That's super fucking intense. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll... I think that is the most intense Sinistry chart that we've looked at. I don't know. I, it's up there with, like, Gypsy, Rose, and Dee Dee <laughs> Blanchard, but... I'm, Holy! I'm, shit. I'm almost
1: happy not to look at it for a while. <laughs>
0: yeah, that. Yeah. This whole story is really intense. I, like I said, I had a poll to fucking do this story, um, where there was something. It just came to me organically, and I just knew that we we're have supposed to do it. To do it, like, cause I had. A, this is.
1: This has been like a really cool, yeah, thing to look at, and we'll post more notes.
0: Yeah, we'll post. We'll mm-hmm. post all the stuff we've got, and um, I think we should like have pictures of the of the boys because i don't know mm-hmm. what the, i can't i'll put it i'll put, put it, it up in my somewhere. mind of what they look yeah. like so mm-hmm. instagram we'll probably instagram oh for sure on instagram. i have everybody
1: list. all of our people on instagram and like their sun moon and risings if you yes. ever just want to browse
0: yeah it's actually because uh, it's really interesting if you can find your
1: murder twin oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah
0: on my page, I tend to put, like, humorous music, to <laughs> Music, knows, I, is, right? I think that I'm hilarious, mm-hmm. and I put very stupid She finds music. just the
1: right song. For some reason, my Instagram still isn't letting me use the music button.
0: Motherfucker. The sticker. That's bullshit! I no. had
1: it for a long, forever, until, like, I don't know, maybe six months ago. It went away, and it hasn't come back.
0: What the fuck? My other
1: accounts have it.
0: I mean, I put music on all this bullshit on mine, and then I tag Dark Alignment, and then Dark Alignment can go, yes, here exactly. it is again. So, I'll put I'm in charge of the music. How about that? Okay. <laughs> all right, you guys. Well, we did it. <laughs> that is the Columbine shootings. Thank you guys for like making it through that with us and just for showing up and for being here. We mm-hmm. really appreciate all of your support. We couldn't, we wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't, like, into if nobody it. nobody was into it. <laughs> it's so cool. We, yeah. I say this We'd every time. We'd probably just be
1: texting each other, like, ooh, this, this, and this. And yeah, that's this, what we that, did so. before
0: this <laughs> We would just text each other. Yeah. Um, But seriously, like, we appreciate y'all more than we can even tell mm-hmm. you. Like, it's the coolest thing to have people, like, on board that are yeah, into something that we really think fun. is fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. It's vulnerable to create something and like put it out there and put like ourselves out there for Mm -hmm. the world. But you guys are fucking amazing. And we hope you have a wonderful new year. Yes. Um, tell us about your resolutions. Tell us what you're up to. Mm -hmm. Please connect with us again. Like us, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, join our (laughs) Patreon for some cool fucking bonus content. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to have some more rants and cool shit coming. Um, And, yeah, you guys, so we hope that you stay awesome and continue to love yourselves. And we'll see you in 2020. See ya. Bye.